warning. The Bonsai Beat contains explicit language and may not be suitable for all listeners or fans of Neo Genesis Evigallion. Several anime companies have gone bankrupt. 1,337 anime fans have been sued. All the while, the Bonsai Beat has been there to deliver you the latest in news, show reviews, and discussions from both the experienced and novice anime fans' point of view. And now, broadcasting from a deserted island so Funimation's lawyers can't find them, here are your hosts, Jellocoon and Zach. regular now not in the you poop we're occasionally regular either <laughs> i don't know why i thought that yeah anyway. that's why we're able to come back and podcast because we eat so much fiber yes fiber one damn it fiber one that's so, great i got to listen to podcasts i wasn't a part of with zeldar there and so it's like new material on a podcast i do that i didn't have to do yeah you're like and oh that, that was great and then combined between like the two co-hosts, we have enough material for a regular schedule. <laughs> exactly. So, what did you what did you think of the episode with Zoldar? Uh I really enjoyed both. Actually, our our tastes align for most things, and he kind of has an idea of what I like. And I've listened to some podcasts that he did previously, so we kind of know what we're into. So I like that he re-recommended Yona the Don to me because I dismissed it after one episode because I'm like, what is this, uh, like, not medieval, uh, like, Shogun-era romance story is what it, it felt like Yep. when I watched it. But then he's like, no, it's much better. So I'm going to retry that. I like his review of Akiba Strip because I tried to play the game and I couldn't get into the game. But... Like, watching the anime, especially dubbed, seems much more digestible. So I might check it out, because some of the episodes sound funny. I want to see the Yu-Gi-Oh! one, where they make fun of (laughs) Yu-Gi-Oh! And then the recent one, where you guys both press the random button on Crunchyroll, sounds like a fun thing to do. I messaged John while I was listening to it, and I'm like, you want to both press the random button? So we might do that later. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I literally had never watched Gundam before, and was like, oh, shit, this is awesome. And I actually went and downloaded the entire series. I have only watched the second episode so far, but still, I was like, this is something I might actually watch. Right, and he was impressed by Black Butler, because I've heard similar things where it's like... Yeah, I thought it was geared, just the Geared girls. towards girls, but then it was very, like, dark, so... And humor. It sounded like very hot to... I had to the combat baller, to a degree. Hmm. So, yeah, cool. Um, yeah, I thought I'd probably be on more often, um... You know, probably won't hurt to break up the monotony of not doing episodes. So, but this episode, I've oh, never actually talked to him. We'll have to do one. No, yeah, he wants to do a. Uh, he wants to do a uh, episode with all three of us. Yeah, it'd be fun. Yes, also, I want to talk to him about grad school. Now that I'm also doing that. Oh man, 
So we should just call it a bonus podcast of like two geeks talk grad school. <laughs> yeah, talk anime in grad school. We're so cool. There, hey, great, what a great title. There you go. It even rhymed. Yeah. <laughs> um. So this episode, holy shit, do we have an episode for you? So the new season of anime, summer 2017. Oh, it just happened to start. Well, I've been downloading every fucking episode I get my hands on, and I've got nine or ten first episode reviews and thoughts. So, the first impressions. Yes, the first impressions. It's, it's funny that we went from, or you specifically, uh, went from watching like one or two a season, and now suddenly you can give impressions on like a third of an, an entire season. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. It's a drastic jump. This season... Don't worry, I'll burn I mean, myself I... out soon enough. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no one can keep up that rate of anime oh, watching. Oh, hell no, 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 no. There's, no, no, there's no. not that many good shows. No. Uh, first impression looking at a list, I added a few I'll talk about, but... Cool. I... Yeah. And I apologize if you can hear my my air condition in the background. Uh, the joys of house living. I don't know. Yeah, I turned uh, mine off. I'm willing to risk my life in the 104 degree weather for the podcast. Oh, hey, I did the same thing last week. Um, I have a, my wife's here though, so she's like, that wife acceptance rating, the war, yeah, it's very low. <laughs> <laughs> low war. Yes, it's called the wife acceptance rating. Um, and then you're reviewing. Uh, Suki Gakire. No, the show I, I finished from last season that was like I couldn't find the, first... the show and I wanted to because find it. it's on Crunchyroll oh well my Crunchyroll subscription expired so I'm kind of sad right now you're missing out on a lot because they just keep getting more and more I know why do you think I got half this shit yeah, it expires <laughs> as like they the pick up season. everything yeah but yeah so I'm going to be reviewing that and it's the first real romance anime I've ever watched you know I've done rom-com and you could say white albums like I was going to say white album too rom-drama no but this is like the first one where it doesn't try to do the drama or comedy you know or the triangle yeah or the triangle well it does do a triangle briefly but I look forward to talking about it I was really impressed when going into it um, I just went into it because I had good reviews in general, not because it was something I'd normally watch. So I was yeah. impressed. Cool. Well, I mean, I guess we should just get started. What have you been watching? Well, I finished Suki Gakire. I watched like all of it when I was back home at my parents. Damn. Because like we just spent a whole two weeks in Europe. I was in Dublin, Ireland and a tour of all of Scotland, which was a lot of fun. Um, But so I was kind of sick of my family after two weeks. So... <laughs> So we flew into Boston and drove back to Michigan, and I had to stay there for like three days before I flew back to Austin. So I watched like a lot of anime, and then we had a cookout. So that was fun. But So I watched all of Tsuki Gakire. I finished Attack on Titan. I finished Aramanga Sensei, which I won't be reviewing. I gave it a five. It's like the most mediocre show yeah, I've ever seen. Yeah, I want to talk Aramanga Sensei too, but I can only get through like the first five or six episodes, and I was like, Done! I don't care yeah. anymore. Like It doesn't get worse, and it doesn't get more lewd, but what it does get is more boring. It like <laughs> makes a lot of you know statements and is like provocative. Statements is the wrong word, but you know it's provocative like Oriema. And then it just like fizzles out and is really boring. So 
Like, I thought they were just going to keep ramping up in, like, a more lewd version of Oriemo, but really it just flutters out and is, like, mediocre. It's not even just upsetting or controversial. It's just mediocre. <laughs> so I don't need to talk about it. Uh, what else have I been watching? Those um, were the three I finished. Yeah, and I then... finished Attack on Titan myself, and I can't wait to talk about it. I'll say that much. Yeah, I don't know when we're going to do that, because I was, like, pretty set on reviewing the No, Romans no, no, one. it's fine. Yeah, it can wait. Um, okay. Just I'll say they did season two a lot better than season one. Yeah, true. Yeah, I do want to talk about that because they did make some strides and it's exciting that, you know, in like half a year we'll get more because yep. it'll be in spring 2018. So. Yep, yep, yep. It's more worth talking about than the first season. Exactly. <laughs> I added Kakeguri. I haven't started any of these, but this is from the next airing season. Yes, yes. Oh, I can always talk about that show. That is one of my favorites. That one looked really good to me. The that, premise sounded really cool. The show is amazing, and the visuals are awesome, and it probably has the best opening intro of any show I've watched this season. The opening is awesome. The visuals, like, I've noticed that a lot of these studios have gotten really good at facial expressions, and this show, like, takes them to the extreme to almost, like, ludicrous. Because mm-hmm. they get all fucking, like, worked up over gambling. And like the, uh, you gotta watch it. It's awesome. Well, good. Now I'm even more excited. But that one stood out to me out of like most of the ones I don't want to see on there. Uh, the new Fate series. They're up to episode three on that already. Yeah, so I need to get into it. There's gonna be 25. I'm like very into the Fate franchise as a whole, but I do not know what this one's about other than Joan of Arc being like the main character. Yeah, and uh, Ufotable is not. It's not having anything to do with this one. Yeah, this is A1. Yep. So it won't be as beautiful, perhaps, but I love the fake franchise, so I'll watch it. Um, you have to hear my annoying mouse because it's right near my mic. And then <laughs> scrolling through my list... Don't worry if I type. <laughs> Violet Evergarden has, like, the most amazing first impressions. I don't know if you've heard of that one, but no, it's... Oh, I haven't. It just started airing, and it has like a 9 out of 10. And I mean, first impressions, how much does it really mean? Because you don't know about the whole show. But yeah. it, it looked really pretty. Let's see if I can bring up the synopsis. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised I didn't see that one. Or... It was an 8.9 out of 10. Jesus right now. Christ. And it like just started airing. And it says, Auto Memories Doll. It's been quite a while since that name caused a fuss. Originally invented by Professor Orland solely for his beloved wife, Auto Memories dolls eventually spread out into the world, and a machine that allows people to rent out the dolls was also created. And it says in quotes, I will run as fast as I can to wherever my customer desires. I am the Auto Memories doll Violet Evergarden, a girl who almost appears to have popped out of a fairy tale with her blonde hair and blue eyes, said this with her inorganic beauty and sweet voice. So that doesn't really tell you much about it, other than it's like a fake girl i guess but it's like this most beautiful fantasy setting and it's genres drama and fantasy so i'm pretty into it we'll see i'll watch it and that's kyoto animation anything kyoto does for the most part is pretty good yeah so looks good yeah and those were just the three I added, but I haven't started watching. So I finished three and added three. So. Well, maybe you'll like some of the stuff I have to say 
So I guess we'll just get into the spring preview because that's really all I've been watching. Because, um, yeah. So here's what I want you to do. I, I sent you a link. It's got the synopsis of each show. I figured we'd read the synopsis and then I'll talk about it because you're better at reading synopsis than I am. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so just tell me what show, I guess. Uh, let's start with um, start with Love and, Love and Lies. Do I just click it on here? Yes. And then it comes with what they say. Thank you, Anime News Network, by the way. Yeah, this is a well done thing. Yes. So you don't want the review, because you'll be doing that. Yes. You probably want the synopsis. Yep. In For Love and Lies, it says, In 1975, in Yukari Najima's world, Japan took drastic action to stabilize the declining birth rate. Um, I'll add something that isn't in the synopsis. Much like real life. <laughs> okay. So by arranging future marriages for all of its citizens when they turn 16, and prohibiting romances with anyone else. Though young dreamers, like many of Yukari's classmates, abhor the idea of it, the practice has been successful for over the past 42 years and has produced generally smarter kids. That's kind of weird. Um, it's weird that they like tie in genetics or eugenics there. Mm. This troubles Yukari because he's long been sweet on classmate Misaki Takasaki. Wow, the double Saki name. <laughs> so he works up to the courage to confess to her on the night before his 16th birthday. She reciprocates just as the text message comes in, informing Yukari of his destined partner, which initially appears to be Misaki. The message disappears, though, and government agents arrive to inform him that his real future mate is someone else. Huh. Well, goddammit, why the fuck do I even bother reviewing this? Is that what you wrote? Pretty much! <laughs> um, Alright, so... Well, how did you feel about it, then? <laughs> <laughs> no shit. The fact that the two had quote-unquote loved each other for the last five or so years, but have never interacted with each other or spoke to each other, except only that one time. Um, and the best part was it was over a damn eraser. Uh, now, you know, that's how stupid is that? Like, you know, you always find the stupid stuff in anime where it's like the stupidest shit. Like, you could do, you could like hold a door open for a girl and she'll be like, oh my god! I'm going to marry that guy. Mm -hmm. That's what it felt like with this. Um, so they go from, you know, confessing to each other to kissing to her saying, I want to do other things. And, the, you know, and to me that just was, was really goofy, you know? Um, mm -hmm. And I, I pretty much said, like, hey, the government should just be like, oh, cool. Two people who want to fuck. Here's a free hotel room. Go make babies. Um, but, you know, no, the government has to do what they got to do. Yeah. And maybe that's why they bring up the eugenics thing, so they have, like, a reason to prefer their way. But... So I basically said the... Uh, I guess the story's about, you know, teen angst or, you know, overcoming something bigger than themselves. Uh, but I also found it weird that Misaki hadn't been paired off with a partner uh, yet, as they noted that she had a birthday not too long before this. Where Nejima was given his future partner, like, immediately at midnight. Mm-hmm. And obviously the other girl found out, too. So, um, then we were showing the girl who Nejima was paired up with, and she wonders, quote-unquote, what, what is he like? Uh, as I stated above, I really liked the first episode, but I feel like a what, like a what now? What's going to happen next? Obviously, Nejima and uh, the Sonata girl, who's, who's the person who got 
paired off with. It's, her name's Sonata. Um, are going to meet, as in the next preview, they show them kind of meeting. Um, I guess, as me as the viewer, I felt like I was kind of supposed to choose, like, best girl. Mm-hmm. And then I also found it odd with the synopsis saying that lying is forbidden, but love is even more forbidden, except for outside of, you know, who they pick. Hence the name Love and Lies. Yeah, but, like, she lied to him about... Uh, you know, not remembering him in elementary school, and he just shrugged it off. To me, I kind of felt like that being in the title as well as just, they kind of make a big deal of it in the synopsis. Um, but in the end, it didn't really seem to make a big fucking difference. Uh, I said, mm-hmm. maybe I'm reading too much into this, and uh, you know, maybe I'm just like I said, reading too much into it. So, I really, really like this episode though, and honestly, this is probably next to Kakiguri is. Probably this the next episode I'm really looking forward to watching. And the next one airs, like, tomorrow or the day after. Very shortly. Um, I was really, really excited after watching this. Because I think it is something unique to a degree. But I, I really don't know what to expect. Well, at the same time, like, that story has been done a lot in Western media, right? Where yeah. It's like... Two lovers forbidden due to consequences. <laughs> well, this is like Rome, Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, but yeah, I guess yeah, you're right, you're right. But I mean, um, um, this just seems kind of unique, where it's like, no, this is the law, you know. I, where I guess I could, say, I could, I could see where you're making the the the, the same stuff yeah. to like Romeo and Juliet. Historically, it's like a strong social norm, but here it's a law, and it's interesting, but. So, like, for example, we just finished reviewing Scum's Wish, a show that really rushed relationships because the greater point of it was something other than that, right? Well, and that's what I kind of didn't like either. Well, this one also rushed it a lot. Yeah, literally went from, (laughs) oh, we haven't talked to each other since we were in the first grade or whatever. And and, uh, and then she's, like, kissing them and, like, they're getting all hot and heavy. And it's... Like, yeah, what? and Scum's Wish did that in a very believable way, but this one no, doesn't seem believable. to pull it off as well. Yeah, and, that, and I was reading some other reviews, even on the Anime News Network's preview guide, everyone said the same thing about the, just, the stupidity of like, oh, he gave you an eraser half, and they both just happen to keep it, you know, they keep it, they both have it, and it's a special memory for both of them. Like, you gotta kind of get over that, which I, I agree you got to kind of say like, okay, for the sake of storytelling. Mm-hmm. But, um, I really did like the art style. And I really like the music as well. Yeah. I like what I see from these screenshots of it. It's pretty to look at. Yeah. But... So it very much is. And, and you know, I don't know. And like, like I said, like, I, I think it's kind of silly, but I, I don't know how, what, how much they can go with this. I mean, yeah, you, know, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like it's almost kind of yeah. like, well, like you said, I'm afraid the whole point is to root for a girl, but if I don't like either of them, then what's the point? But we'll yeah, see. Yeah, everyone was, yeah. So, anyway, next one is uh, Battle Girl High School. Well, that one sounds interesting. Uh, let's see. Hopefully that's not as fucking detailed. Jesus Christ. It'll oh, take me forever to find it and click it. <laughs> you know, there's a thing called Control-F. Ah, yeah, I wonder if this is the real synopsis or something they wrote as part of the I review. I think it is, because I used AnyChart, and they had just a small synopsis. So maybe you want to go use that real quick. This one's not too long. In a world threatened by rampaging monsters called Eros, 
The girls of Hoshimori play a pivotal role in defending the populace by using their magical powers to transform and manifest weapons. However, one of their teachers has noticed that their performance has been deteriorating. Miki and her teammates Subaru and Haruka have unwittingly taken the lead on a new training techniques. That's a weird way to phrase it. By coordinating their efforts more tightly, inspired by the teamwork of an idle duo stage performance. However, one newcomer to the school may shake this dynamic up. And it's based on a mobile game. Yeah, I didn't know that. So yeah, I won't even bother going through my... I literally wrote like four paragraphs of like what happened in the episode. So these do a much better job than I did. Seems like a much worse version of Symphogear. That's what a lot of people were comparing it to. It's the only franchise I know that's like similar, but this doesn't look very well polished from all these screenshots and yeah, synopsis. It was kind of all over the place. So, uh, I uh, before I get into my thoughts, it, it pretty much was like here's a boatload of girls, and like they fight monsters, and even the people, even the girls themselves, are like, oh, these monsters sure are easy. <laughs> it's like fuck's sake. Yeah, I didn't even know that was kind of based on a cell phone game until after the fact. So, yeah. uh, I said the show was boring. The show sucked. There was way too many girls. And the transformation scenes, they just fall backwards into a field of flowers. Um, and then they transform into their outfit. That's a staple have, of the magical girl genre. It is. They have swords, guns, and other objects. But the monsters aren't interesting. Um, they're not scary or anything. The girls seem all lucky-go-happy. And are friends with each other, and there are some lesbian overtones with the two idol characters. They're like holding hands and almost ready to kiss on stage. Mm. Uh, or actually, no, sorry, not on stage, but uh, in a phone call, like after the fact. Um, like when they were talking to the team, like, oh, sorry, couldn't be there. I will not continue watching the show. It seems like the cast is just too large, and everything is just seems generic, and the show did nothing uh, for me to want to continue watching. This will be dropped. Oh, that sums it up. <laughs> I mean, it was like, well, now I understand the cell phone game. I'm like, what the fuck is there like 15 girls? Yeah, it's probably some gacha game where you roll the girls with real money and you try have, to get the one you want. <laughs> I, I guess. I have no idea. But I was just like, fuck's sake. Um, the next one is Yo- Elegant Yokai Apartment Life. Oh, I see that one. Inaba Yushu has been living with his uncle's family ever since losing his parents three years ago. He doesn't get along with his cousin, Iriko, though, and he hates being a financial burden. So he enrolls in a residential school upon graduating middle school. When the school's dorm suddenly burned down, he has to scramble to find a temporary replacement apartment on a tight budget. That leads him to Kotobuki... So... Wait. Kotobuki... So... An elegant old mansion which he soon learns has an alternate name, the Yokai Apartments. That's because in addition to his favorite horror writer, Raimi Ishiki, and the fledgling exorcist Akine, his neighbors include a wide variety of Yokai, which I guess is just like monster yep. people. Ghosts. Ah. Akane is a girl you're supposed to like. Uh, well, the show's nothing special. But it is lighthearted and fun. There really isn't much to say about the show. The first episode went by quick, and it was, and I'll be interested to see what happens on the next episode. But I have a feeling that I'll probably end up dropping the show if it doesn't keep my interest. I could just 
see funny or anything's just happening, but it could get old. Um, basically, synopsis. He summarizes the first episode in that synopsis, where basically you meet Inaba, and he's like, "Oh, my dream is to go to a to a school with a dorm, and the dorm burns down." So then he's in Tokyo, and he's like, "Oh man, I can't find anything. It sucks." And then a ghost boy playing soccer is like, "Hey, go look at that uh, re rental agency. They should have something for you." Turned out, so what you didn't mention, just so happens too, along with his rent, he's given food uh, as part of the rent as well. So he's pretty much given everything he needs, and he's supposed to be there for six months until the until the dorms are rebuilt. So that's the thing. In six months' time, the dorm the dorm will be rebuilt, and he should be able to go back to where he wants to be. Hmm. All right. Netsuo Trap, which they're not going to have on there because it's a short episode. One of those short shows. Um, so basically, Netsuo Trap is like a 10-minute episode. So Yuma has a new boyfriend, and uh, she asks her childhood friend, Hotaru, to come along on this double date. Well, the two girls have more fun practicing with each other, and uh, <laughs> of yeah, and their neighbors. So like, they the whole crew steals a has a first French kiss with with uh, Yuma, and she's like, "Hey, maybe this will be more than just do do more than I'll do find more of your firsts or whatever." So mm -hmm. I basically just said, "Girls being sexy with each other." Enough said. Are you going to continue that one? Yes. Hey, it's 10 <laughs> minutes. Can't go wrong. Sounds like a good one to recommend to John. Yes. Uh, I don't know if this is on there either. It's Setsuru Children. Setsari Children? I don't know how you say it. Uh, I don't see anything like that. Yeah, you're not going. It's another short. Okay. So let me get the... There's a lot of shorts. I saw on yeah. Reddit the Aho Girl. Yeah, idiot girl. <laughs> I, I tried watching it. I didn't get, get into it. Yeah. Um, okay, so here's the... Uh, just so we have it. Uh, there it is. Okay, so the short... The summary for... The, the, the one I just told you... Is... Oh, fuck's sake. Come on, Annie Chart. Too much shit. God for editing. There we go. Okay. Uh, Yuma and Hotaru have been friends since childhood. It is only natural that after Yuma is nervous about her new boyfriend, she asks Hotaru along with her boyfriend for a double date. When Hotaru offers herself to Yuma as practice, both girls realize they're more interested in each other than their boyfriends. Simple as that. You there? Yeah, okay. sorry. How sweet. There you go. Uh, doesn't seem great. Ah, it's ten minutes. What do you expect? Mm-hmm. I just wonder how they make, like, is, is like a how anime is made question, but when they get something like that... Oh, and like, apparently it won, like, an award. Like, it came from, like, an award thing. Like, it was mm. part of a contest. In this okay. 
Yeah, I was interested in what the backstory is, so that makes more sense, because it's like, when you go to adapt something into anime, like, why do you make it bad, and why do you make it a short? It seems strange, but... Yeah. Alright, so Tezu... Children, I guess it's called. Tezure, I I don't fucking know. Uh It's various short stories from a boy crippled by absolute lack of confidence in himself that cannot accept the fact that a girl of his dreams actually asked him out on a date to a near psychotic girl who pours her own blood into the homemade chocolates that she has made to win uh, someone's heart, apparently. So, craziness. I like the first episode, though. Um, The first episode uh, featured various people confessing their love, and it was a quick and short amount of time spent with each pairing. It was nice he learned enough to be invested. Um... It seems like they took everything in the first episode uh, from romance shows where you normally don't get a payoff. And they're like, here you go, you get 10 minutes of payoff. And it was kind of fun. Um, my favorite one was like uh, the like the class president or something was like smoking. And like some guy found out. So he was like, like, oh, I won't tell if you give me a kiss. And then she was like, oh, fine. And he's like, wait, do you want to go more? And it turns out like she's like like the guy or some shit. I don't know. It was funny though. And there this was is like, another short. Yeah, it's another short. Huh. So it's shorts within a short almost. Yeah, yeah. There was the most one, short of stories. Yeah, there was one where like the guy gets picked on because the girl likes him, and she knows it, so like she busts his chops. That's something Suki Gakure did that was interesting. After all the end credits, there was like short stories of the different relationships within the school that were like 30 seconds and meant to be funny usually. Yeah. No, I mean, I watch, I'm going to keep watching it just for, cause I mean, it's short and it's like, well, I wonder where they could do it's inter- it. It's entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. Like I couldn't tell you any of the names they do tell them, but I don't, it doesn't really matter. So, mm-hmm. uh, the next one is con beanie Koreshi. Is that on here? Let's see. Oh, it is. I think it is. I got the summary right here. Go for it. Cause I don't see it. Alright, summary is Six high school students' lives Around the convenience store On their way to and from school They talk about their lives Meet girls they end up falling for The first episode follows two friends uh, That was a synopsis So then the first episode follows two friends uh, Mishima Mishima has a crush on a girl uh, Who he happens to See at the convenience store uh, turns out they like were friends as children or some bullshit. Um, <laughs> and meanwhile, his friend Hotaru is like into soccer. I'm gonna say that was another show. That was Honda. Talk. Yeah, sorry. Honda this is this guy's name who likes soccer. Fucking hell. Honda <laughs> is like, oh, Mishima, you gotta man up and confess to this girl. And meanwhile, he has a crush on like the class president, the class rep. Hmm. So. And it all intermingles at the local convenience store at the con beanie. I said I wanted to hate this show. I figured it was sponsored by Lawson or Family Mart or 7-Eleven. Because <laughs> it's like, oh, everything good happens at the convenience store. Um, or one of the other big stores. Well, this wasn't a bad show. The first episode went by and it was much more of a here are people we're gonna follow them type of episode. Uh, I did not, I did not like the ending. I'll be 
giving the show one more episode as they did kind of go off and like Honda was like found the class president reading shoujo manga and she he was like in oh, the store of in course the store, exactly I kept thinking about Pooh like this is not a library hey hey this is not a lending library if you're not going to buy that thing put it down or I'll blow your heads off <laughs> <laughs> um, and he was like oh that's not like you and she's like what do you mean cute girls are supposed to like cute things and He's like, oh, but you are cute. And then she, like, kicked him in the shin and, like, ran away. Um, but, yeah, like, it's one of these shows where it's like, eh, okay. Whatever. It's there. Yeah, what a strange setting. I mean, it seems like they're almost out of ideas for their slice-of-life romance shows. They're like, well, there's too much time in school. Where, where do they go also, like, other than clubs and no, school? No, everything is, like, the clubs. And then, like, yeah. everyone's like, oh, I'm going to the convenience store, yo. Get me some yakisoba, bitch. It's like the new new staple. Yep. In romance anime, they already did the karaoke in club sports, but now they also got to do convenience store at night. Yep. Uh, the next one is eighteen if. I did find the convenience store one in English. It's convenience store boyfriends. Wow. That's, that's what it was <laughs> under Anime News Network as. Gotcha. But then there's space boy and friends. It's not like combined, so that's interesting. Okay, what's the next one? 18F. Oh, I see that. Yeah. It's so colorful. Dude, your, like, fan is, like, going nuts. In the background. Is it really? Yeah. You can hear, like, roaring up. <laughs> yeah. It might just be less noisy to just leave the real computer fans yeah, on. it's all good, man. All right. All right. So, one day, for 18F, it says, one day... Haruto, there's so many H names this season, that's going to be confusing. <laughs> Wakes up on a round bed in a strange room, with the only familiar things around being his smartphone and headphones. After encountering a strange girl in white who claims to be his sister, and a man who looks like a cat, Haruto learns that he is in a dream belonging to Yuko, a girl stricken with sleepy, sleeping beauty syndrome. Yuko is the Witch of Thunder. Wow, the show just keeps getting more and more extreme. An all-powerful woman. Woman who makes the dream world bow before her to ensure she's known as the strongest, the best, and the most fun person around. Harto's sister tells him that he must wake Yuno up by killing her in the dream in order to break the spell she's under. Where Harto got some other ideas about what might be keeping her asleep. And it's also based on a mobile game. Yes. Dude. So two mobile game shows. This one sounds bizarre. This one is awesome. (laughs) <laughs> Even though the show is based on a mobile game slash VR game or something, I really liked this show. The visuals were amazing. There was tons going on and different visual mediums going on, and I really, really liked it. The story is a bit weird, uh, but I felt like the main character, and I like the Professor Cat, uh, who are the two main characters. I will keep watching this, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Oh, and I also said, off the bat, I love the music and how the show episode transitioned into the opening of the show. Uh, seamlessly. And then I went into Seem- the, what Judy talked about. Yeah, it seems very Western like, in seriously? art like, and premise. Is this on Crunchyroll or something? Uh, I think so, yeah. You gotta go watch it. Like, I, It sounds I, ridiculous, it, but it, I like it how is, it's, it's Western inspired. It's like <laughs> crazy visuals and like, it's unique looking. Like, it starts off with the witch, like, saying that the people aren't cute, and so he turns them into, like, a 
chicken or something or like uh, later on when they meet the witch um, like uh, the professor cat gets turned into a uh, piece of cake and she starts eating them and this is vi- I didn't mention this too it's fucking violent the main character gets decapitated his head flies off and like his arm gets ripped off he's like bleeding everywhere and he's on the floor like headless like this is boring <laughs> it's uh, I know like you were thinking present oh another mo- another mobile game oh that's great uh-huh. this, this is amazing like watch this is probably my second or third favorite show huh well now I want to watch just it just based on the visuals the premise is ridiculous the premise but is I ridiculous like, I, like, get, I like how storybook it looks it looks cool yes like a twisted storybook yes very very much so oh neat yes. that's 18 if yes all right, we're getting, we're getting near the end, guys. I know you're really? like, shit, this is going long. Too much content. <laughs> well, hey, it's all for you guys. Um, I can benefit from you weeding out the bad shows. So here's, here's your show. Kakaguri? Ah. I was talking about Kakaguri. I don't even see that in the list here. I don't think they ever... I don't think they ever reviewed it because it's on they Netflix. Have... The Katsugeki, but I think that's something that's else. That's something different. So this is actually airing on Netflix right now. Oh. All right, I'll read it to you. This is what I wrote for a summary, not necessarily what the official summary is. Uh, a school for the ultra-wealthy. Uh, students gamble. The opening is awesome, by the way. Uh, we The story follows Ryota, who has become a house pet for Mary Satome. The girl who is really good at gambling. A new transfer student joins the school and is challenged to ballet, uh, ballot rock, paper, scissors. A game which the class invented. Huh. Where each of them draw, uh, you know, either a rock, paper, or a scissors symbol, and they're put into a ballot. And then you take three cards out each. And then you... Uh, you... Uh, then pick three cards, and then you pick and choose which one you want to do, and the first hand that wins, you know, wins that amount wagered. So, um, and if you draw, you just do the next hand. Mm-hmm. So, um, unbeknownst to the new transfer, uh, excuse me, wow, I read this. Um, unbeknownst to the new transfer stu- student, uh, Jam, his name's like Jab, Jamba me? J-A-B-A-M-I. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to call her Jumanji. <laughs> so Jambi is like, underdogs to her, the deck is stacked against her in Mary's favor. Uh, as she has beaten most of the students in the class and owe her a debt. So this school isn't, uh, isn't based on like, um, you know, athletics or smarts. It's all gambling. And when hmm. you become uh, in debt, you become basically a dent- indentured servant. So the the main character, well, I would say Jambi is the main character. Um, Ryuta is kind of like your your the, the the same guy in all this. Um, mm-hmm. So he's in debt to Mary for like five million yen, and he's trying to work to pay it off. So. I said I really liked this first episode. It got straight to the point. Uh, And like other gambling anime, the whole tension in the story is the game in itself. 
And how will the main character go on to fight another day? Essentially. There's a lot of mystery to the zombie character. And I love the fact that she is super rich and beat the popular girl in the first day of her arriving at the school. Um, I actually watched the second episode. It's pretty awesome. This show is fucking sweet. Um, I'm really excited to watch it. The as a huge are, game and game theory nerd, too. <laughs> yeah, and they go through all that. So, mm-hmm. the first episode, she, like, figures out what's going on through a tell that Mary does. Um, and then the second episode, the student council is made up of, like, the best gamblers. And she is pretty much challenged by the lowest-ranked student council person who is, mm-hmm. like, unbeaten at card games. And they have to do two decks, basically 104 of match matching. Mm-hmm. Whoever has the most matches wins. And it's pretty interesting. I don't want to spoil anything, but go watch the show. I love the damn intro. The intro's amazing. The music's amazing. The visuals are really fun. Um, when these guys, like, get all crazy, like, they spit slobber everywhere, and their eyes glow, and, like, they get these crazy inverted, like, crazy faces and mm. stuff. It's, it's awesome. Because, like, Mary is, like, so used to winning that, you know, she thinks she's better than everybody. And then, like, this zombie girl literally has orgasms because she is, like, a gambling addict. Like, when she wins, does, like, crazy bets, like, she's like, oh, what's bet for 20 million yen? And she, like, has an orgasm and fingers herself. <laughs> kind of funny. But Sounds she's, pretty like, great. She, like, gets off by gambling. And even the gang character, uh, Ryuto, is like, She's a gambling addict. <laughs> Even in a school where everyone gambles, exactly. she's an addict. Exactly. So, it's pretty cool. It reminded me a lot of, like, Death Parade, just without the death. The visuals are really mm. interesting. Interesting. Um, all right. Two left, and we're done. This is Ooh. probably the most shocking. I was pretty show. shocked by the storybook, 18th one. Yeah, so you gotta go watch it. All right, this is not going to be on there either. Skirt no Nakawa Kademo. I was shocked by this show. Okay, this is one of the short animes of the season. It's only four minutes long. Boy, did this move fast, though. Shizuku is starting university, and she is invited to a mixer by her friend. She finds herself very shy around the guys, and while away from the party, she meets an older girl, uh, like... Ryu or Ryu? R-Y-O-U. Ryu? I don't know. Mm, yeah, I don't know. They... Ryu. Ryu. Ryu, I don't know. They, they, the two instantly form a friendship and go off and drink together. And because it's late, uh, Shizuka is invited over to stay at Ryu's house for the evening. Once inside, though, things turn sexual and it's revealed that Ryu is actually a man in drag. <laughs> and they start making out and or getting raped or something. But she's so basically Shizuku is like stripped to her bra and panties and fingered until orgasm. And then she wakes up finding a note saying that we'll have to do more later. And her remembering the night before. So my thought for uh It's kinda nuts. How I, is this on TV? Yeah, well I found out how, so I don't even know where to start. 
as everything moved so fast and the amount of actual sex being shown was just shocking because I wasn't expecting it. And neither were anybody on the freaking, uh, uh, anybody who's reviewed this, apparently. They went as far to censor the crotch area, but they had all the noises that you hear and an hentai. And they even showed her having an orgasm. I had to double check to make sure the show was even airing on TV. And sure enough, it airs at Mondays at 1 a.m. Huh. So while learning uh, while learning more, I found out the following was actually the episode was previewed at a screening in Shijuku, the Loft Plus One, on July first. How awkward would that be to go watch with a bunch of people? Yeah, pretty awkward. Upon further investigation, though, the version I had watched was the uncensored web version. And the episode that actually airs on TV is way, way, way less tame. Or, I'm sorry, way, way, way toned down. Much tamer. Uh, but it still so had even, rape. So even the one that was at 1 a.m. can't even show all of him. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's a little too hardcore. I mean, this was like, she was literally stripped under her bra panties, her bra removed, and then, like, he fingered her through her panties. And then, like, just, it was like, holy fuck. Uh, some mixer yeah well and that's what I struggle with here because I don't know if this was rape or what because like you can say like he obviously got her drunk and then I was like hey come stay at my place and then as soon as the pretense is that he was also a girl that too <laughs> oh yeah they had a shot where his boner was like poking through his dress Jeez. And she realized he was a man. <laughs> that he, you know, talked like a guy, pretty much. So, I don't know, man. Like, I'm going to watch another episode because now I just want to kind of see, like, where things go. But it's like... How does it even go up from there? What the fuck did I just watch? Like, like I thought it was going to be a fun show of, like, okay... The way they synopsis basically is like, oh, she's showing around guys and she meets this other guy who's dressed as a girl and they become friends. Nowhere <laughs> is it like, oh, and the guy raped her because she was drunk and here's some... They become stuff. real it, good, fast friends. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, holy fuck. Like, this was full-on hentai. Ironically, there's another show this season called Fastest Finger First. Yeah, it has nothing to do with that. The synopsis should be for this show. <laughs> Fastest finger first. Yes. Oh, man. I, I don't know. Uh, I guess if you like hentai and you want it in four minutes, go watch and you it. Want, and you want to, like, have it under the pretenses that it's, like, somehow a normal show. Yeah. I mean, I can get past. I thought the interesting. I thought it was interesting. The, the summary. You know, the the the, 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 the synopsis. Mm-hmm. But no. It's hentai. All right. <laughs> Last one. My life as a centaur. A centaur's life. Centaur, whatever. Apparently, according to this. Oh, well, whatever. Hime, another H name. Yep. <laughs> I think every show we reviewed as an H name main character. Hime is a teenage centaur, which I don't know what that means, but I guess the age is the same. Half girl, <laughs> half horse. Well, right. I understand centaur, but... Oh, sorry. Who knows what teenage means for them? Do they age the same? But yeah, anyway. Sure. Who lives in a world where evolved, rendered, rendered, what? Evolution rendered, four-limbed creatures extinct in favor of six-limbed creatures. Yep. 
As a result, modern humanity takes four forms, centaurs, merfolk, angels, and drachnids. What a weird... Okay. Uh, alongside humanoid animal folk, like fawns, cat people, and goat folk, equality between the races is strictly enforced to prevent conflicts, which makes for a peaceful school life where a centaur can be a princess in the school play and have goat folk and drachnid best friends, but that doesn't mean life is perfect. Her goat friends struggle in PE while her drachnid buddy is falling behind academically. Drachnid just seems like bad to me. It is. And Hime herself is bound to find a few worries. Well, this sounds terrible. What did you think? Well, it started out with a kiss between a centaur girl and a bat girl. So it can't be all bad, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like Monsume. Exactly. But I didn't care for it one bit. I tell you what. <laughs> Wow. I like my centaurs non... I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that. Anyway, um, I'll be honest, it's just a slice of life. I'm not a huge fan of slice of life anime. Uh, and I did like the fact that they did go through and explain why everyone is the way they are. I still found it just kind of boring. It's some talking and doing things and... Yeah, yeah. just meh. And I really liked uh, interviews with Monster Girls. What a good show. But this, this is nothing. Yeah, this is nothing like it. Yeah, I don't know if it'll do as much. Interviews with Monster Girls made a lot of, like, broader statements. All right. Well, yeah, I can skip that one. All right. Well, I'm done. The only other thing I was going to watch, actually, is Crunchyroll got, like, the OVA episode of Interviews with Monster Girls. Ooh. Where the, they go, like someplace like a summer festival so i'm gonna watch that for sure there you go what a great show um wow that was a lot of i lot know of i just looked and it's like oh it's 52 minutes like holy fuck yeah. that could have been an episode in itself it, it went well but after editing and stuff it's gonna be a little quicker so uh anyway your show or you want to do dvd picks let me skip dvd picks this time all right, we'll do them next time. It's like I looked and there's not that many good things other than gate. Gate. <laughs> so buy gate, I guess, if you're going to buy something in the next three days. But otherwise, I think listening to my review would be better. <laughs> there you go. Buy gate or else. Yeah, or else. So I watched Suki Ga Kire, or As the Moon, comma, So Beautiful. Okay. Um, it's a strange name, but the main driving force or at least the thing referenced a lot is like professional literature because the main character in the show is Azumi and he is a boy in at the end of middle school I assuming let's see well, I'll just read the synopsis and then talk about it so it says Kotaro Azumi and Akane Mizuno uh, become third year students at a junior high school and are classmates for the first time so what, they're like ninth grade. These two, along with fellow classmates, Chinatsu and Hira, relate to their peers through mutual understandings and feelings. What a bad synopsis, that can mean anything. As their final year at junior high progresses, the group overcome their challenges. Okay, so this synopsis is really bad. But <laughs> that gives me the background, at least, to talk about it. So this is like a pure romance show. It doesn't do drama and it doesn't do comedy and it does a brief love triangle. But it's the first show of that kind I've seen because 
uh, romance anime I've liked up until this point is like the comedy that Toradora offers and the drama that White Album or Scum's Wish offered, you know, both weren't just like a pure romance show, like a feel good one. So this starts with basically Azumi, the boy being the main character, and he's really into like professional literature and he spends like all of his time writing and not studying for school. He's not like a bad kid. He's not that like trope type. It's just like he neglects studies in favor of just, you know, writing because he's really into it. And then the main girl character, Akane, who's like seen as popular and cute and she runs track. And that's like her driving passion. So then basically all of her friends are trying to set her up with the track star Hira. And but she's not really into it because she likes track, but not they're just friends or whatever. And then one day the two people meet at school and they share like a very brief interaction and at that point you don't even know they're the two main characters Akane and Azumi and then later in the evening in the episode both their families go to dinner and they're like sitting across from each other and they're looking at each other and then um I think the girl's parents walk over to the guy's parents and they like talk about how they're in the same class and embarrass them because they're like oh your son's so cute and they're looking at each other and it's like maybe they should date ah, ha, ha. like <laughs> typical uh romance anime things i'm assuming or romance genre oh, in general these kids have parents parents don't exist in anime yeah atypical and that they have parents and so and then they just like go on with their lives right and then in the next episode they're having like their sports festival at school and he's not really into running, but he has to do it anyway. But she's super into running. And she has this stress doll thing that's like a potato mascot. It looks really funny, but she like uh, rubs it between her thumbs, you know, when she's feeling stressed out about running. And she loses it during the meeting for the festival in like a big box of cones or whatever they were setting up. So then later he sees that she's worried about missing it, even though it's like a secret thing because it's embarrassing to her. So she goes, he goes and finds it and returns it to her by the end of the episode. And then, so that's like endearing enough, right? More, more endearing than splitting the eraser that he found it and gave it to her in secret. But then he also, she says, oh, it's so embarrassing. I probably should outgrew this. And he says, it's okay. I like you just the way you are. Which is a contrast because this is like episode three where it's like the other guy likes her because, I mean, she's cute. And two, she's good at running track. And that's, like, something she feels she's been pressured into. So, like, she likes the guy who says it's whatever you're into much more than the person that likes her for something she feels pressured into doing. Which makes a lot of sense. And then, so then we get to the best part of the whole show. They share line usernames, which I guess line is just, like, texting or whatever. Yeah, line's a real thing, by the way. Yeah, I figured, because it was, like, capitalized, and it's, like, Line is just whatever app they use, like, Skype messaging or whatever. No, 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 Line is a real app, though. It's, like, uh, yeah, it's, like, Kick or or any of those kind of apps. Or WhatsApp or, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, okay. Well, it was capitalized, and I'm like, it looked like a real brand, so that makes sense. But, I mean, if you don't know what it is, it's just a messaging thing. So they share the ID, and then they're messaging each other. And I've never seen texting done so well in anime. It would, like, 
the phone would buzz and you'd see the reaction and they'd be excited to receiving a message and then they'd look at it and it would show you all the pictures and it was translated well on the screen. You could read it and then it would show them like thinking about it. And then when he was waiting for a text and got one back from her of her, like saying she was still awake and wanted to talk. He has a picture of like Muhammad Ali poster in his room and he like shadow boxes his lampshade pull, <laughs> which is like, it's really cool to see like the, not only the text relationship being in anime, but also like their reactions to it. Because I've seen anime where they use the cell phone and text messaging as like a plot device for like delayed messaging. But this was like, you could actually feel and I guess relate to the emotion as they waited for the text and sent them between each other. And like, while she was typing something, you would see him and like the other half of the screen, like, you know, in triumph shadow boxing, his like lamp pole. So that was really cute. And basically the show progresses and there's like the stress of, um, well, first they want to be in a relationship or at least he knows he wants to, and she's not really sure. And then, like, in episode seven, he finally confesses to her. And she's like, well, I don't know if we can date because her family told her she might have to move soon. So, I mean, without spoiling everything, they get in a relationship, obviously, because it's a romance anime. They try to keep it secret. Everyone finds out. And it does a really good job of just, like, it's both their like first relationship. So it's very awkward. Like interactions they like have are much less talking and much more sitting there embarrassed. Whereas like they very easily socialize with all their friends (laughs) and then they have like the talking part between themselves in the episode. And it's always like super awkward and, and like endearing. So I really liked it because the romance is really good, real realistic It was the best use of text messaging I've ever seen in the show. Like that whole element of 21st century dating was done really well. And then you get a real ending because ultimately she has to move away. And then you see what becomes of their relationship. They do like a time skip. So I don't know. Um, There's lots of like conflict in between as it relates to like schools they are going to and other friends and other potential relationships and stuff you deal with in real life, like them doubting each other or if they can stay dating, even though they're just in junior high for like the rest of their lives. So yeah, it's really good. And then after the credits of each episode, it would break from the main story and talk about the relationships everyone else was having. Cause like all of, Akane's friends were in relationships before her mm-hmm. and it'll show like funny like one minute clips like this one girl Miu and her boyfriend and she like asks his opinion on all these different dresses like which one's better and then he says one's better and she's like oh, I don't know about that and then she shows him another one and <laughs> and he's like oh whatever one you like best like thinking he won and <laughs> then she like she makes a face like tisk like uh, you're useless then <laughs> and he's like how am I supposed to win and then, like, the clip ends. That's anything. Whole... Okay. Yeah. It's but... like, okay, that's anything. And I don't know if you've dated enough or whatever, but when the girl asks you, I always look at, like, my wife would be like, hey, where do you want to go out to eat? Mm-hmm. And I'll say, where do you want to go out to eat? And she'll say, oh, I don't care where. 
So then I'm like, oh, let's go to XYZ. And she's like, oh, I don't feel like XYZ. Right. Like, well, why did you ask then? You know, yeah. we end up going wherever she wants to go anyway. Because, you know, it's usually how it works. Right, no, and that's why I liked it so much. It's stuff like I've experienced and obviously everyone has. But then because it's a show set in junior high, like, they don't know all that. And it's just, it's really funny. Yeah. And it's just like a whole bunch of different things like that. Like, so, and then it, it does like a fake gaming parody where it's like level one and she asks him like, uh, everyone says whatever professor is really cute or whatever sensei is really cute. What do you think? And he's like, oh, I don't think she's that attractive. And then she like smiles and it's like level one passed. <laughs> and she just keeps asking like harder and harder questions like as the relationship goes on and eventually he fails. It's pretty great. So the fact that you just mentioned they're in junior high. Yeah. How does that affect? Because like I like stories that are more mature as far as the romance goes. But well, this just makes it sound kind of like fun, where these kids are kind of learning like the crap you learn, you know, as you grow up about right. relationships. It's more awkward than fun, so I really liked it because it's like the relatable awkwardness of first relationship. Whereas, it, I mean, they don't cover a lot of ground. They yeah. like kiss eventually, but but the the point is, it's not immature so much as it's inexperience, and the problems they run into are ones they made themselves, you know. Because, gotcha. I mean, if you don't know what you're doing, you make problems or big deals about it, nothing. It's the same reason, though, this is a totally different show. I enjoyed Begata HK because, like, the problems she has are, like, problems she has because she doesn't have any experience or doesn't think about things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, same with this show. The problems their relationship have are, like, the doubt other people place on their relationship. And that's something you care about a lot as, like, a kid and... Because it's, like, all about social image in school. Yep. So I thought it was super well done. They're kids, so they can't just go wherever they want. They have a curfew. They text. Uh, part of it's there's relationships in secret, which leads to one of Akane friends getting hurt when she, like, confesses to the guy um, because she doesn't even know they're dating. Hmm. So, I mean, and it's just, like, they don't make the big deal about their love triangle. They just, like, they set it up. It's awkward. It's really endearing. And then, like, some conflict happens, and you're like, oh, that's a conflict I've dealt with. Or, like, I can see happening if you're inexperienced or that's your first relationship. And it's like, you know what they have to do, and you, you cheer for them, and then there's a happy ending. So, gotcha. Super good romance show. Cool. What'd you give it? I gave it a nine. Oh, wow. That's high. It was, yeah, it was, no, it was great. It's like, I place it on the same caliber as, like, Toradora, but this is pure romance instead of a comedy. It's, cool. like, the highest caliber romance I could have watched, in my opinion. There you go. And it's not immature, like you mentioned, might be a concern. It's just, you know, inexperienced problems. So yeah, I'm going to definitely check it out. Really cool. The animation's really good. It's different because, like, it's soft, I would say. Similar to, like, your Lion April and, like, a combination of, like, CGI. Though it may not be CGI, but, you know, they look, like, bubbly and young. And that's a good image for where how it takes place. Yeah. But then on top of really scenic and well-done backgrounds, like, five centimeters a second. So it's, like, very high-caliber animation. The music's good. There's a bunch of insert songs, like, throughout the show. Um, yeah, very, very well done. Awesome. Well, thanks. 
yeah, I hope people can check it out. Definitely. I know it got that a really is... high score in uh, Mal. Yeah, I'm not the only one that feels that way, but it seems like, even though it was rated highly, not many people got to see it. So, it Suki got Kirei, and it was, on, it was on Crunchyroll, yeah. Huh. Well, there you go. All right, everybody. Well, I think that wraps up our episode here. Uh, check out our review index, find our uh, past reviews, and uh, what are you watching this season? Let us know in the comment section of us. BonsaiBeat.com Thanks everybody for listening This has been the Bonsai Beat Podcast If you have any feedback, head over to BonsaiBeat.com and leave a comment on the show notes for this episode While you're there, you can also find our review index, which has a list of all the anime that we've reviewed on the Bonsai Beat Podcast If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to add us to your favorite podcatcher You can find links to do that on our website Otherwise, we're also on iTunes and Stitcher Radio if that's easier for you Once again, this is the Bonsai Beat Podcast. Thank you for listening. And if you have any other questions or comments, you can send them to bonsaibeat at gmail.com.